Man, and as I was studying last night, I feared that this would happen. I feared that that clock would just keep ticking as we kept celebrating. In the scriptures, though, when Paul would get back from his missionary journeys, he would gather the church and tell them what in the world just happened. He would give them encouragement and challenge and updates and reports because they were entrusting him. They were giving him days, dollars, and deeds and funds, and he wanted them to be encouraged. Here's the deal, though. The last announcement is this. is we started a school in January, you guys are aware of that, and the school is continuing to develop. We need you to keep praying and partnering with us in the school. One way you can do that is when you leave today, there on the back, right by the, can you put this picture up? Right there in the back, there is a board full of items that we need for the school in September, and in September, we're gonna hopefully have these needs, and you can grab one of these little cards. Dave's going to put the picture up in a second. And the card will have a QR code that you can scan with your phone. You just take a picture of it and it will show you. I think it might be upside down. And uh, it will show you, but it's not upside down back there unless we're in like Stranger Things or something. But anyways, it's in the back there. And so grab one of those cards and buy something for the school. Some of the items are more pricey than others. So don't just grab like 10 of them unless you're like crazy. Do it, uh, but help us in that way. And we're also raising money right now for an outside tent 40 by 80 feet is what we're looking for. It's a huge circus tent. This is going to be the outdoor play area for the school at the Newport Christian Church. The cost is around $20,000 for this. And so if you want to help us partner with that, we're going to do some fundraisers and some garage sales in August. So we're going to be selling some of your uh, junk uh, in August to raise money for that. So put that on your calendar because sometimes you hear these international opportunities like, ah, oh, man, I don't even know anything about that. And, you know, quanto que, so I don't know how to speak Spanish, you know, and, but I'd like to get involved with something here. So be praying about the school. Hey, take your Bibles now and let's spend some time in God's word. Can we do a 10-minute sermon? Is that even legal? Can we do it? Some churches do it all the time, whatever. (sighs) Philippians 4, verse 8. I'm going to read it to you. Paul says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, I'm going to be real honest. When you read this, maybe in your own devotional time, each one of these words seems synonymous to the other. It's kind of a junk drawer full of the same words. I actually was reading one commentator, and he said that the Greek translation to the English translation was so accurate that he didn't need to comment on any of these words. They're all self-explanatory, and he moved on to the next verse. Now, when you read this in your mind, there's eight things listed here that Paul says specifically, listen, meditate on these things. So in other words, Paul says, don't just read them and move on, meditate. Meditate means to muse, to take every thought captive to put it in your mind, to hold it there, because where your mind is directed is where your body will go. What you think about will determine how you act. What you believe determines how you behave. When I learned to snowboard many years ago, I remember it's hard to learn the edges and whatnot. What happens is, is when you're real new at snowboarding, whatever you look at, that's where you'll go. And so if you say, I don't want to hit that tree, why is that tree coming closer to me? The tree! And you hit the tree. And you don't realize your body goes wherever you're looking. And so too, in our minds, Paul says, hey, 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 finally, brethren, his closing comments to the church at Philippi, that he loves dearly. He's given to them some direction, encouragement, instruction, hardly any correction, just one or two verses of just mild correction we saw last week to two gals that kind of had some issues. He said, hey, figure it out. But he says, finally, brethren, meditate on these eight things. Now, I could just read them and move on, but chances are, if you're like me, there wouldn't be any applicational volume or any value to what he just said. If anything's true or noble or just or pure, these things. 
It would be almost like if someone gave you instructions to their house and there were eight steps. Okay, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to take a right on Pine Street. Then you're going to go down past two driveways, and you're going to take the third driveway on the left. And as you take that third driveway on the left, you're going to go down four mailboxes. Then you're going to see a red mailbox. Don't go that one. Wait till the blue mailbox. Then you're going to take a left there, and there's two tire swings. Go past the second tire swing, and there's going to be three driveways. Then you're going to go up that driveway, and halfway up the driveway, you're going to take a right, and then you're going to park, and the dog is going to come out and eat you, okay? <laughs> do you know where you're going? You'd be like, no. You, read, you said that way too fast. And when Paul puts these eight words out there, I want you, here's your homework assignment this week, because the objective of Paul right now is that we would walk in a spirit of peace and joy. The whole book of Philippians is about peace and joy. And it's written from a man who's incarcerated in a Roman prison. And in this final chapter, he's going to express the fact that he actually doesn't need anything. That he's the most peaceful and the most joyful and the most content person in the world. Now, if Paul the Apostle has lost everything, listen, he has lost everything. He's lost his family. He's lost his job. He's lost his reputation. He's lost his influence. He's lost his freedom. I already said that. He's lost everything. And yet, if you were to ask him, hey, Paul, how you doing? He'd say, I'm great. I couldn't be better. As a matter of fact, how are you? You ever been around somebody who's suffering, going through loss, and they want to minister to you? Isn't that the craziest thing? How could this be? What is Paul's secret? What does Paul know that we don't know? The book of Philippians is about joy. It's about peace. But listen, thirdly, lastly, it's about a mindset. Setting your mind on things above, not on things below. Because things below are of this world and they're fading and they're falling apart and they're riddled with cancers and problems. And yet things in heaven, man, they're secure. And so what Paul says, finally, meditate, muse, consider these things. Why? So you can be a person of joy and a person of peace. The number one prescription drug in America is antidepressants. It's not some other disease, some other problem. The number one, and if you Google it in, in the world, for some reason it's not the number one prescription drug in the world, just, just America. Just, just, just America, and I'll stop at that. We're the most depressed, the most anxious, the most overwhelmed. And if you look around, we're also the most blessed. We're the most fruitful. We have the most abundance. We have the most stuff. What in the world is going on then? It's because our minds at any given time, have the capacity, please listen, to create a hell out of heaven and a heaven out of hell. That's a quote from an old dead philosopher. That your minds have the power to create hell out of heaven. In other words, let's say everything you have is really good. I look at your life, I can't believe you have what you have. That's so crazy. You're a business owner, you live on a farm while you're married, while you're single, while you're old, while you're young. I can't believe, man, that's so cool to be you. And yet in your own mind, because you have the wrong mindset, you have taken a heaven that God's given to you and you've created a hell out of it. You're suffering unnecessarily because your mind is fixated on the wrong things. Paul says it's a mindset. Meditate on these things. Why? Because I want to be full of joy and I want to be full of purity and I want to be full of strength and I want to be full of peace. And yet we can also, listen, through your mind, mind over matter, you can take things that are hellish devastating, difficult, and you can make a heaven out of that reality by seeing it through God's lens, by choosing to be an eternal being having a human experience. This is what the world needs right now. It's men and women, Christians, who are having a, a human experience with an eternal mindset. And when gas prices are at an all-time high, man, we're just eating popcorn, watching it get hot, and it's crazy. How high is it gonna get, you know? And, 
and the economy is ballooning up and house prices, you can get like a one bedroom house now for three and a half million dollars, you know, it's like, well, this is crazy and what's going on? And I've got concerns and so should you. But I also have been commanded by Paul to take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 10. How are you gonna take every thought captive? He gives us a, a list here. He tells us exactly how to do it. And notice his heart, and, and Adam did such a good job of expanding this. Man, we're not even gonna get through verse one verse today. As, as, as his heart is for loving these people. Verse one of chapter four, I'm just gonna read it. Adam did a great job teaching it. I won't reteach it. He says, therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. I just want you guys to just really muse on this. This is your homework. We're, gonna, we're probably gonna have to study this next week now, apparently. Did you know that God loves you so much? And when he tells us what to do, it's not because he wants to control you or he's some control freak or, you know, all egotistical. He says, no, I actually know what's best for you. I know what's best for you. I love you. This last week, as I mentioned, I had the chance to be a camp counselor at Camp Tadmore for middle schoolers. And uh, the only way you can do that is if you love people, right? I mean, middle schoolers are something else, aren't they? Middle schoolers are something else. And it was actually interesting, I was just processing while I think Ollie was talking and maybe Paul was talking, that I got a chance to be a camp counselor this week. And, and when I interfaced with a bunch of people at the camp, they would ask me, so what are you doing here? Are you, are you, you, know, are you a, a youth pastor? And I'd say, yeah, well, you know, I'm actually a lead pastor of a church. And everyone kept looking at me like, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, truth be told, my, my kids are here and I'm a pro hover dad. So, you know, I'm, if they're going to camp, I'm going to camp. And here I am, a lead pastor, sleeping in a bunk, you know, a bottom bunk with all these smelly kids and... Um, have, you, have you been around middle schoolers? I mean, they smell, there's smells on smells on smells. Anyways, and I was looking at these other men, because I was like in the men's area, you know, the boys over here. And I was looking at these other grown men who were counselors. And I knew these guys had such love for the youth, such love for their kids. And as I was just processing just a minute ago, that God gifted me the opportunity to go be with our middle schoolers. Pastor Rory leads our ministries here for our youth. I don't, I don't really involve myself too much, but I got to do it this week. So too, Adam leads our missions. I don't involve myself in that too much. And yet I had the opportunity to get outside of my comfort zone and to see the love that compels us to say yes to something. And I just want you to know that God loves you so much that he's gonna get you out of your comfort zone. He's gonna have you do something. And maybe it's just meditating and musing on these things because he loves you. And as you just put yourself in this position, God will he'll use you as you invest in others, as you get involved, and as you invite people. And the first day at, at middle school camp, it was so fun. I was kind of walking around. Everyone's kind of nervous. And there was this group of boys in the front row. And I was walking in front of them. And they engaged me in conversation. I think they were making fun of me. I'm not quite sure. But uh, they started making fun of my clothes, what I was wearing. And so I kind of like pushed back a little bit. And I was like, hey, I think I said something about my beard. And so I just said, hey, where's your guys' beards at? Just classic comeback. And this kid, this like sixth grade kid without missing a beat, he says, I said, why don't you guys have beards yet? And he said, because we're not 50 yet like you. (laughs) And I was like impressed with his wit and depressed that he thought I was 50. And I just walked, I walked away and I was like, oh, that's good. That's really good. That's a good one. Watch out for you. Lord have mercy, you know, and his, had a sweatshirt with Homer Simpson on it, you know, my point is, is that loving people, loving people, knowing that you're loved by God, and when he asks us to give of anything, to trust him, to take every thought captive, 
And so these words, guys, I want you guys to read them with me one more time. I'm actually not going to be able to expand on any of these. Maybe I will just the first one. He says, finally, brethren, this heart of commitment, whatever things are true, let's just talk about that one. We'll do the next seven next week. And we'll finish the chapter. And we'll start a new book. Our world's not proud of truth right now, are they? Our world doesn't even know what truth is. Matter of fact, if you say there is a truth, it's offensive, just in arbitrary forms. That's not how truth works. People say, oh, well, that's your truth. My truth's different. Well, that's not truth anymore. Okay, that's opinion, that's fable. That's made up narratives. And here's something that if you want to be joyful this week, Christian, if you want to be filled with peace in the midst of chaos, Paul more so, Paul was filled in chaos. His life was harder than your life will ever be. I'm, I'm, just take it for a spin. And Paul says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, meditate on these things. Okay, you know what truth is? The word of God is truth. The word of God is unchanging. It is founded. It has been tested. It has been proven. Jesus said, I'll quote two verses out of the book of John. John 8, 32 and 33. And John 8, verse, John 17, verse 17. Jesus said, abide in my word and my word in you. And you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth. The truth is God's word. His last prayer, the biggest prayer, the final prayer, the longest prayer in all the scriptures is in John 17. And in John 17, Jesus said this. He said, Lord, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And the truth is, is that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this world, to die for this world, to live for this world, and to give himself sacrificially in place of this world. And Jesus didn't just die on the cross. He was buried as well. And he didn't just stay buried, but he rose from the dead. And he didn't just rise from the dead, but he walked on the earth. And he didn't just walk on the earth, but he ascended into heaven. And he didn't just ascend into heaven, but he says he's building a mansion for us. And he didn't just say he's building a mansion for us, but he said he's actually coming one day to judge the world and take his own. And he didn't just say he's coming to judge the, to take, judge the world and to take his own, but that he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And this is the truth of God that he asks us to meditate on day and night, that we might have truth, that we might have joy, that we might have peace, that we might have self-government over our own minds and our own bodies, that we might have something to offer this world that is looking around for a savior, looking around for a solution, looking around for direction, looking around for hope, looking around for help, looking for something. And it's all found in God's word. Finally, brethren, let this be in you. Meditate on these things, if anything's true. I'd like you guys to do a word study this week on these, these words. Find some application for your life. But more than anything, would you let the love of the Father, that he loves you, enough to call you out on your stuff. He's stirring up this church. In Jesus' name, he's stirring us up right now for such a time as this. The last thing I want for Luke Frechette and for Crystal Frechette in the back and for our three kids is that we grow stagnant, we grow stale, we get weird as we age in Christianity, as we age in this world, that we just kind of get weird. And so the Lord says, no, I don't want that. So I'm gonna put you in middle school camp for a week, Luke. I'm gonna put you in Mexico for, for a week, Luke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a new school at your church, Luke. I'm gonna have opportunities to just really test you, really get back to the basics. You're gonna lose your building, it's okay. I'm gonna give you land, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there with you, the whole church. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you guys to say yes. I'm gonna ask you guys to partner with me. This is the Lord talking to me, the Lord talking to you. I'm gonna ask you, Luke, to give me your heart once again. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that there was a church that was successful, that was influential, that was powerful, and yet they lost their first love. They lost the reason why they started this whole thing, which was for those who were impoverished. 
which was for the youth, which was for the lost. It was for other people. It wasn't for themselves. And Jesus rebuked that church. He said, hey, go, go back. Go back and do the first things again. Otherwise, I'm going to take the lamp from you. Repent. Repent and stay soft towards the things of God. I'll share one quick story. I was at camp this week, and, and it just happened. Everything in your life just happens. I don't know why I was there. It was raining. It was a horrible week to go to the valley. I had to repent multiple times. And as I got to camp, I was there getting oriented, and, and this female counselor came over, and she said, are you Luke Frechette? I said, depends. <laughs> depends on a few things, you know. And she said, well, I saw your name here on the roster. There's only, there has to be only one Luke Frechette in the world. I said, well, there's a couple out there, you know. You never know. And she introduced herself. She said, I'm, I'm so-and-so. Do you, do you remember me? And I kind of pretended, like, ah, you know. And I, and, I, and I didn't really remember right away until the pieces started coming back together. And she started piecing it back together to when we were both single and we were both back in 1999, 2000, getting saved by Jesus Christ. And things were happening in our lives individually and separately. And Crystal, my, my wife in the back, was on the scene at the time. And she said, do you remember these events? I said, kinda, kinda. She said, well, here's the deal. I can't believe you're here. Why are you here? I said, I don't know why I'm here. And she said, this is so crazy. Her life's going through a, a, a season. And she said, in 2000, when you got out of jail and you started going to Simple Faith Church and these other churches, I saw Jesus in you. And it changed my life forever. And I've given my testimony hundreds of times for the last 22 years. And every time I give my testimony, I mention you. You're in it every single time. And how God changed my life because you said yes to Jesus 22 years ago. And, and you're here now, and I'm going through a season in my life where I'm, I need encouragement. I need the Lord to speak to me. And all of a sudden, you, why are you here at the camp? What are you doing here? And as she began to share that testimony to me, I began to cry. Because I began to think about the Luke Frechette 22 years ago. How on fire he was for Jesus. How crazy he was. Can you imagine? How sold out to the gospel. And here I was at this camp, and I had to ask myself, am I that same, am I that same guy? Am I still zealous? Am I still that passionate? Am I still that fired up? Lord, can you still use that guy? Obviously, things change and we go through seasons of maturity and we're grateful for that. Grateful for my wife and my three kids. And yet God is so faithful to say, hey, I'm always working, even when you can't see it and when you can't feel it. And I'm gonna do what I gotta do to disrupt your norms and, and to challenge your direction. And all I ask from you, church, all I ask from you is to say yes, to meditate on these things, to let the Lord move you, to let the Lord change you. Now, it dawned on me that we have another service coming, and so I gotta pray. I gotta do this all again in a few minutes. So would you guys just bow your head? I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you are relentless in your pursuit. Lord, you are creative in your plans. Lord, you are so good in your ways. And we as a church body, we rejoice in what you're doing. Lord, it's so fun to hear testimony, to watch videos. Lord, the most important thing about each and every one of us is our relationship with you, Jesus, and the way you, we let you use us, the way we let you change us, the way we trust you. It's all about you. And so I want to be the first to relinquish my rights once again, Lord, to you and say, take my life. Use me as you see fit. Take my marriage, Lord. Take my parenting. Take my ministries. Take my agendas. Take it all. 
I give it to you, Lord. Use me, Lord, for your glory and for others' good. And if you would join me in that today, if you would say, you know what, I want to trust the Lord to a greater degree. I want to just let him do it. He'll show me. He will show you what to do. Would you just raise up your hand right now if you would relinquish your rights once again to Jesus Christ, your Savior, who loves you who loves you so much, does not want you to waste your life, does not want you to get ripped off, does want you to walk in joy. He does want you to walk in peace. He does want you to be confident. He wants you to be set free no matter what you have, no matter what you don't have. Raise up your hand right now if you say, yes, Lord, take my life. Lord, my hand is up high and I pray in Jesus' name you'd be honored. Lord, honor Honor your, your kingdom, Lord. Honor your church, Lord, through South Beach, through our lives. We give them to you. And if you're home right now, online listening to, would you just raise up your hand if you want to surrender to Jesus? Just do it. Start saying yes to him. Jesus is real. The kingdom is coming. The things of God are at hand. It's all happening. And Lord, we put our lives in your hand. We thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. You can put your hands down. Lord, would you bless all this? Bless the school. Lord, we trust you. You've blessed it so far. You're going to bless it. It's going to be so amazing. It's going to be so powerful. Lord, bless the church and the land acquisition. All those, just bless it in Jesus' name. Bless all the finances, Lord. You have it all. Just shake that money tree wherever it's at. Just shake it, Lord, and favor all this. We pray you just do it for in Jesus' name. Lord, you know how you're gonna do it. And we pray for our brothers and sisters, Lord, at Riverview and Manny Darrow and everywhere around. We pray, Lord, for the 11 a.m. service who's driving in right now, wondering what the heck's going on. All the cars are still here. And we thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. All you're gonna do, it's a beautiful sunny day. I pray you would help us, Lord, to meditate on the truth, Lord. Help us to get ready for next week as well. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen and amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, what a weird Sunday. Hey, here's the deal. As you're leaving, don't forget, grab a card. It has a QR code. You can just leave the cards up there and scan it. I suppose take the card so no one else gets it. And help us to get some of this equipment for the school moving forward. Help us to raise that money for the tent as well. I love you guys. God bless you. Just say yes to everything. We'll be here at the 11 a.m. service too. So pray for us, and God bless you. You're dismissed.